Hello, hello. My name is Brandon. And I'm Jaren. And we are Self Narrate. And as Self Narrate, we have uh, kind of taken over the social media feeds of Frank this last week, including this, the podcast. We've had a lot of fun um, doing a Frank talk and hosting a Twitter conversation, among other things. Last night, we co-hosted a storytelling meetup in downtown Gainesville with Frank. Self-Narrate hosts it every third Thursday uh, in downtown Gainesville. The theme of the evening was stories that changed your life. And on this podcast, we're going to share a couple of the highlights. Um, It's been a great week, uh, just full of content, full of collaboration. Um, We've heard a lot of great stories, had a lot of great conversations. Um, And we heard a lot of great stories at the meetup. So I'm super excited for us to be able to share these stories with you now. Um, So take a listen. Hey guys, um, I'm really, really nervous right now. Um, never done this before, and uh, this story is um, really important to me. I've only told it to a few people in my life. Um, the reason I'm here is not really to entertain you, um, but I'm hoping this is some form of catharsis. So, um, in 2003, I enlisted in the military. Uh, I had some stuff going on in my life. I was in my freshman year of college, much like a lot of the other storytellers tonight. And uh, things just weren't going right, so that's the decision I came to. Um, Did a couple jobs, one of them being EOD, uh, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's Explosive Ordnance Disposal, um, we're the military's bomb squad, basically. Uh, We go out there and we're the ones that are disarming the IEDs as well as taking care of any other ordnance that we that comes up. Um, I graduated that school in 2011 and shortly got deployed in 2012. Uh, So I was there during the 2012-2013 years in the Middle East for Operation Enduring Freedom. And there was 44 of us in our company and we were split between seven different countries. Uh, So we were spread pretty thin and they kept us moving uh, so that The guys that were in the boring spots didn't get bored too long. Um, Well, this story is really about when I was in one of those boring spots. Uh, Nothing was going on. Arab Spring had wind down. Um, Benghazi was long and over with. And uh, I was in the middle of nowhere. Um, Literally nothing going on. Desert, as far as the eye could see. Our job was to take ordinance that the military had deemed expired and go out in the middle of nowhere and blow it up. Um, We only did that like once every two weeks. We wouldn't go out there often. It was really hot, so we tried to limit our trips. And uh, so we'd collect stuff for a couple weeks and then go go out there and blow it up. That would make it more fun, too, because it would be a bigger explosion. (laughs) Uh, uh, So during the downtime, which there was a lot of, Uh, We would play video games, fly RC helicopters, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. But every once in a while, something really exciting would come down. And this one day, my roommate comes in. My roommate, I'll call him Jay. Uh, He comes in really excited. And Jay and I, we're best friends. He's he's my brother. Um, I can honestly say I love that man. He's totally hetero. And uh, he probably wouldn't mind me saying that. Um, but Jay comes running in the room and he's like, hey man, 
you want to go do something really fun? I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm bored as hell. And uh, he says, well, we got about 60 AT4s, and we're supposed to blow them up, but we're going to go shoot them at shit. <laughs> Sounds like a good time to me. Uh, for the, if you guys don't know what an AT4 is, it's an anti-tank rocket, shoulder-fired, single-use, fire it, and you throw it away. So we got 60 of these things, filling up the bed of two pickup trucks. Um, there's about 10 EOD techs and about 10 infantry guys that we bring with us for security. Uh, really, we just wanted to let them have a good time, too. Um, so we go out there. It's still night. We get to our site. There's a bunch of uh, barriers out there and some old uh, dilapidated vehicles that people just abandoned. We use those as our targets. And we lay out all the AT4s on the ground. Everybody's taking their turn picking up an AT4 that they've inspected. And they think, oh, this is a good AT4. I'm going to fire this. I'm going to let this explosive go off on my shoulder. Well, at the end of the day, everybody got a chance to fire three or four AT4s. We had a great time. Uh, it was, it's a rare occasion that you get to fire one of these in the military. Um, it's, and so it's fun for anybody who likes that kind of thing. At the end of the day, there's one left, and nobody's really picking it up. And there's a reason why it's the last AT4, and in, it's the same reason that all these AT4s are out here. It's because they're pieces of junk, and we were supposed to dispose of them by putting C4 on them and making them go away. We wouldn't have been allowed to shoot these things had our supervisors known, except for our one supervisor who was with us, who had just promoted me a week earlier. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Screw this. We, all the other AT4s went out fine. This thing looks all beat up, but what the hell? I'll fire it. Fine. I'll do it. So I take this AT4, I put it on my shoulder, and you have this little nylon strap that you got to pop down your uh, shoulder stop. Well, that broke as soon as I did it. So that was useless. So I knew I had to hold it really tight on my shoulder. And then you have two sights that pop out, a front one and a rear one. Both those broke. So I knew I couldn't really aim this thing, but I was like, ah, screw it. The rocket will do it, whatever it's supposed to do. So uh, my buddy Jay is sitting right next to me. And a little bit further down from him is our supervisor, the lieutenant, who had just promoted me the only real supervision we had out there. Uh, I, I kind of eyeballed this thing, no-scoped it, if you will, uh, downrange and pulled the trigger, and um, it malfunctioned. Uh, if you've ever seen the old Looney Tunes when Bugs Bunny sticks his finger in Elmer Fudd's rifle and it banana peels, that's what had just happened to the AT4 tube. Um, the propellant and the initiator charge had all gone off at the same time. And the tube had been weakened by sitting out in the desert sun for the last 10 years. Uh, immediately when it happened, the shoulder pack fell off to the back, the rocket tumbled off to the front, and I felt a lot of pain in my face. I put my hand in my face, I'm feeling around, and I'm kind of stunned, and it feels like when somebody smacks you with a wet hand, you know, it just really stings, and my ear is ringing. And I look over, and my lieutenant is about 20 feet away, and he's ghost white. He knows if the shit goes down, 
he's going to federal prison. He sees me, I'm freaking out, and he sees me starting to go into shock, and I'm touching my ear and my eye and my lips, and he gives me a thumbs up, says, you know, you're okay. As that's happening, I look down, and I see Jay, and he's clutching himself, and there's something wrong. And so I run over to Jay, and as I do, the lieutenant runs up to me. I hadn't realized it, but blood had started to trickle down, and head wounds bleed a lot. I was sweaty, so I didn't really notice. I was more concerned with the fact that Jay had just taken a bit of fiberglass under the kneecap. Um, I have a lot of guilt from this. Um, a lot of people say anybody would have eventually fired it. I've analyzed this story so many times. There's a reason it was the last one there. We had C4 in the truck. Any one of us could have taken it downrange and blown it up. I decided to fire it. And I got a really good friend and a brother hurt. And uh, I came out of it pretty clean. I mean, I got a little scar on my lip. That's why I keep my beard full. Uh, filleted a little bit of my temple, but that didn't even bother me too much. And Jay actually ended up all right. Um, I still talk to him every once in a while. I actually got a chance to work with him as a civilian in Colorado and Utah. And uh, he's one of my best friends, and he knows at four in the morning, every once in a while, he's going to get a phone call, and it's going to be his old buddy crying, <laughs> asking for uh, acceptance and forgiveness. And he's giving it to me every time. But uh, I'm hoping that maybe he'll get less of those phone calls after I share this story with so many people. So. Thanks for your time. Um, hi, I'm Laura, and much like Erin, I was told I was doing this yesterday. And so I was on the bus, and I was trying to think, what am I going to talk about? What is worthy to share? What is so important about my life that just really has to be put out there for other people to hear? And I was sitting there looking out, all these houses passing by, all these people, and I was like... These people have interesting lives. What have I done with mine? What am I doing with it? Where am I going? Obviously, I was going home, but in theory, I was thinking, what am I going to do with my life? I'm in the process of thinking about applying to grad schools, and I can't really, mm, it's not something I haven't fully decided on. My biggest concern is I start my internship tomorrow. But as I was sitting there, I started thinking, and it kind of dawned on me that there was something really big worth sharing, something I hadn't really shared before. So really putting myself out there, really kind of crossing that line. So um, my name is Laura, and on January 14th of 2013, I attempted suicide. That's pretty dark. Um, definitely not a topic that you're like, hi, my name's Laura. This is my life. But as I look back on it, it was a pretty dreary time. I wasn't asking for help. Um, I wasn't really looking at what was around me. And the world was turning. And for a senior in high school, you're really thinking, wow, the world doesn't focus on me. What's wrong with me? What, what am I not doing right? Why aren't these schools looking at me? What should I do to up myself? So I, I have a competitive advantage. And I think that's just a pressure that a lot of us haven't been able to deal with. And I definitely did not deal with constructively 
or in a healthy manner. So when I woke up in the hospital, I looked around and I was like, what? What is the point of this? Why am I still here? This is not what I wanted. And for a while, and while I was in inpatient services, I was thinking, I failed at life. I failed at death. What, what's next on my failure calendar? My birthday, my family. Um, but as I worked through a lot of the problems, I kind of started to see that there's a reason and I still haven't figured it out yet. I am just told you I haven't figured out what I want to do with my life. But I think part of it and part of my story is that it isn't completed. And our stories are definitely not completed. There's so much more that we have to do, so much to accomplish. And part of the joy of living is that mystery, that you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. And you definitely don't know what to expect tomorrow. Like, my internship, all I know is I'm working with children. <laughs> that, like, children are so unpredictable. And for me, that's really hard because I like having things that are concrete and things that I know will be there. But part of life is also knowing I can't control all of this. I can't say, hey, you, behave. Hey, you, pay more attention to me. Hey, Erin, why'd you put your phone down? <laughs> Part of that is knowing that you really can only control yourself and how you react to things. And that's why I'm here. I'm sharing that. I'm sharing that we all should really think about how we want to live our lives. And I think what I want you all to think about is live it so that you're not worrying about that following moment. Just take it one small moment at a time. Take it that one hour, a minute even, and just live. Thank you. And we want to thank our storytellers again. We want to thank Frank. Uh, again, we are self-narrate. And if you want to hear more stories like this, we actually have our own podcast. Um, if you look on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud and search self-narrate, you'll find us. We post stories from our meetups uh, approximately every other week. And to keep track of what we're doing, we're doing all kinds of different story work in the Gainesville community and beyond. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, search for self-narrate, or go to selfnarrate.com. Again, I'm Brandon. And I'm Jaren. And until next time, stay frankly curious. And also, grow your story, grow yourself.